You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Hi, welcome to the Womanpreneur Podcast. My name is Melissa Motes, and this is the lovely and talented Amanda McEwen. Hello. Hello, polka dots. Polka dots. Guess that's me today. Yeah, look at you and your polka dotted shirt. You know, I have a lot of stripes, so I figured I'll change it up a little bit today. Ooh. People listening can't see the polka dots, though. Well, they're going to maybe have to tune in to our vidcast to maybe, see. Maybe. You can find that over on YouTube. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? Today we're talking about clients. I love clients. clients. I love my clients anyway. Yep. I mean, not all clients are as amazing as mine are. But as we evolve, and I'm always talking about my favorite thing about working for myself, because there are a lot of favorite things, one of those is the ability to choose the people with whom I work. I and love so it. So I have crafted a client list of wonderful people, um, you being one of them. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Oh, hold on. That was my bad ear. <laughs> Could you say that again? C- can you hear her head expanding right now? It's uh, <laughs> ego is blowing up now. I love it. No, yeah. well, I appreciate being uh, known as one of your premium clients. Hopefully I'm in the premium, you know, category. If you've got like a, you know, a spreadsheet and you break it down that way. You know, I do. Well, it's probably (laughs) color coded. It is. Hopefully I'm pink. You are pink and you are in a column all by yourself. I love it. I accept that fact. Thank you. You're welcome. You probably don't want a high five on it. I don't. And you know that. And our listeners and our viewers know that. I think we've made it very clear that I am not a high fiver. We were having uh, dinner after one of our podcast episodes, and I remember just saying, Melissa, I don't high five anyone. You high five everyone. But I like to high five. And that works for you. It makes me feel good. Or fist bumps. Yeah. Or elbow clicks. I have whatever. bony elbows, so I don't know if you want that. Yeah. I, I use my bony elbows as a defense mechanism at concerts. If the drunk person in front of me keeps backing up, I just stick my arm out, kind of pretend like I'm scratching my shoulder. And then when they bump into me, they hit my bony elbow and they don't do it anymore. So. That's a good, that is a really good move. <laughs> there you go. Part of the Amanda McEwen move collection. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of violence, but if they bump it on my elbow accidentally, it's out of my control. Yeah. Well, so hey, there you go. There you go. Concert tip 101. I love it. Hey, a lot of bonus. <laughs> I have a lot of those. A <laughs> lot of bonus content in this in this podcast. Exactly. I want to apologize for sounding a little a little stuffy today, but I uh, this wind has been getting me. It's been with there's so many fine particulates in the air <laughs> here in the desert here in Las yes. Vegas. And my eyes are watering right now, and I'm feeling a little stuffy. I thought you were just emotionally moved because I said you were so special. Because I'm premium. <laughs> blame it on the allergies. That's fine. No, I, I was. I did have a little tear in my eye over that too. But I do. My, uh, it's my my left eye. It's the only one that waters for some reason. I always tell people I'm only sad on this side. I love it. But it's when the allergies hit. And Vegas wind. If you don't live here, Vegas wind can be it's the brutal. Worst. And it brings everything out that doesn't yeah. belong out. So everything. It's it's the only thing about the weather out here that bothers me. I don't mind heat. I don't mind cold. I just don't like wind, the wind. The wind okay. is brutal. So, okay. Well, I'd like to hear more about your premium clients and how important they are and how great they are. Well, I, I the, just, I'm, the episode I'm, I'm really isn't about my clients. It's oh, more darn it. about keeping, getting clients, keeping clients, why it's important to remember that 
your client, it's in a sense, they are your boss. Like they don't get to tell you what to do. But I I feel like I've run across this a lot recently and people are getting annoyed because their clients are asking them to work. And it's like, you know, your clients pay you to provide a service. So you should be happy that they want you to work. And I I understand that sometimes clients can be a little high maintenance you might spend a lot of time doing something and then they want to, they change their mind and they revamp their whole idea and that leads to more work. But usually that more work leads to more money. Yeah, that's a good problem to have when your clients want you to work. Right. So, and keeping mm. clients happy, I I think, I mean, it's it's maybe number, who knows? I say everything is number one. So, who or knows? it's the key. It's the key. So, but <laughs> keeping your clients happy because you're cl- without your clients, you have no business. Yeah. You're so exactly. You you could be doing a whole lot of nothing. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree with you. Your clients are everything, and you want to mm-hmm. nurture those relationships. And once you get a new client, I think it's really important to keep that relationship strong. Everything in our entire existence as entrepreneurs has to do with the relationships we have and building really solid relationships with, uh, with new, new folks and keeping the ones we've got. And being able to stand apart from the competition, because there is a lot of it. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there right now with a lot of services. You know, what can you do that makes you stand apart from the others? And it's, I always talk about, it's an old concept of value added. You know, you're paying me for a service and there's an agreement. I'm going to provide this service. You're going to give me this money. But in my head, it's okay, but what else can I give you? Like, not that I'm going to do a whole lot of extra work for no money, but it's, it's those little personal touches, the showing them that you think about them and their business. And I always say, I treat every project as if it's my own, if it's my own company on the line. And it it could be the smallest project, you know, it could be just managing books throughout the month, or it could be a giant, you know, live event with all sorts of consequences. But no matter what I do, I'm giving my 100% and I'm treating it as if it were my own, my own company. And it is, in essence, my own company because I'm being hired to do the job. And if I do a good job. But you go the extra mile because mm-hmm. you actually do care. I do. And uh, it's it's one thing to, to just offer a good service, d- to do a good clean job of whatever that service is and uh, leave it there. Mm-hmm. But you always go above and beyond. And like, for example, just our one of our email exchanges this morning, you were just being so extra conscientious of we're building a really elaborate calendar for the rest of the year for our studio. And Amanda knows that it's a lot, it's hard for my brain. It's <laughs> it's not my forte. She I, loves it uh, so much. <laughs> uh, let's just say it, it's one of those things that gives me that little uh, anxiety, little tinge of anxiety. But she knows that it's something that I need to do and it needs to be done. And there are a lot of different things to consider and look at when we're working with so many different people and building such a, a calendar. But you you were looking out for, you know, the studio's best interest mm-hmm. and you you pointed out a few things that you said, hey, you know, I just want to mention that if we scheduled this one particular, you know, workshop, that's another day that some other potential workshops mm-hmm. could be happening. And, you know, you, you were treating it like it was your own you know, your own baby, your own studio. And I don't know, I just really appreciated how conscientious you were of some of those little tiny moving parts that 
some other people would probably think, eh, that's not my problem. You know, right. that's that, Melissa's problem. <laughs> She'll figure it out. You know, that right there, that it's not my problem. I, that's a kind of defeatist attitude. And I don't think that builds your relationships. And that's the, the, the difference. I don't like to be hired for one-off jobs. I like to build relationships. So I would much rather have a very small base of clients who are loyal and good people than a ton of, cl of clients that I do one job for and never see again. Yep. And sometimes the one-offs are kind of nice too, because you don't have to put any extra thought into it. You just do a job. It's over. You get paid. It's good. Yeah. But you know, for the, for the base of my business, I want to work with people and, and it, the more time I spend with them, and sometimes it's just getting to know their preferences. And we've talked a lot about communication, but the way that I keep my clients happy a is by listening and B asking questions. And over time you get to understand those things. Like even with you, I know that when you're figuring out the calendar, you're stressed out. So, you know, and in, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm. And I, I remember like earlier today, I'm like, there's probably like nine emails going around about this one calendar. I'm going to just take a minute and put everything into one email so you can forget about all the other ones and then only focus on this one little bullet pointed list. And it was and a really nice email to get. Yeah. I'd like you to know that I felt very free and very happy when I received that one email. I was like, I felt like all these chains were broken for me because <laughs> I didn't have to look at nine other emails and hunt all that information down to put one, one or two mm -hmm. ideas together. I went, this is just another reason why I love working with Amanda McEwen. And she is such a great, <laughs> just great gal and great uh, just partner in crime. And um, no, it's you do go the extra mile and you do care. And communication, you mm -hmm. know, it's it's one of those things where you know my communication style. You also know that um, certain things really stress me out and other things are really fun and easy mm -hmm. for me. And um, I don't know, there's just, you, you, you're very perceptive. I like Thank it. Thank you. Well, it's a big part of what I do. It's that paying attention. And it's, I mean, just in life, this is, I guess it's a strength of mine. It's something that I, I feel is important is that I try really hard and I make the effort to understand that not everybody is going to react to things the way that I would. Yeah. So it's not so much about how I would do this. Now, if I'm being hired for my expertise and they're asking my advice, my opinion, that's different. Yeah. But what helps me is to think, okay, even though this is how I would perceive that, I know this person and I know that he is coming at it from this point. So I need to articulate things in a different way. It can't all be about me and how I would do it. That's not how business works. It's yeah. really the person who's in charge, who owns the company or, who, you know, the project manager, whatever it is, that's who you have to adhere to. Like it's there. It's what they need more than what I need. Yeah. You no, I, I agree. And Another real simple way to kind of sum up some of these ideas that we're touching on is just anticipating people's needs mm -hmm. and caring enough to anticipate other people's needs. Um, 
I think that's another way to really set yourself apart as an entrepreneur and as a business owner is not just doing the minimums, but really taking that time to evaluate uh, an overall project you're working on and seeing, being able to forecast, like Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that um, this person may need, may need help with, um, maybe they haven't even thought about yet, but we're going to get to, especially if it's a type of project that you've been a part of in the past Mm -hmm. and you kind of know what to expect. But that's one of the things I value a ton when I'm working with a a team member, whether it's here at our studio or um, on different creative voiceover projects or things that I'm working on. I try to always anticipate my uh, voiceover clients' needs and be as helpful as I can be. And sometimes being helpful just means bringing a great attitude, being really positive Mm -hmm. or um, just uh, being a good listener and just seeing what somebody's really needing um, and and just kind of stepping back. But um, I just think anything you can do to kind of show that you really care about the overall project uh, or the person that you're working with, it just really, it really does help set you apart. When you think about it, because a lot of the people that you're working with are very busy. And, we, and yeah. we've talked about busy and, you know, how that word is yeah. used. But if you're working with an ad agency or a big corporation or somebody, chances are that person is being inundated with information all day, having to put out fires in their office, you know, grumpy coworkers and, and a lot of negativity sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if then they go to a session and they're like, I get to see Melissa today or I get to hear Melissa today. And there's one shining moment that is now breaking apart that monotony or that negativity. You want people to look forward to working with you or seeing you and think this person makes my life better. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I do that in the smallest situations. It's like if I go to a store and, you know, whoever's checking out, I don't get on my phone. I have a conversation with them, ask about them. You know, it's little things like if there's a line behind me in the grocery store and they don't have a bagger to help, I'm going to take out my bags and I'm going to put my own groceries away like a big girl because, yeah. you know, other, like I could just stand there and watch, you know, her ring my stuff up and then have to go put everything in bags while the line backs up. Yep. But I like to be helpful. Conscientious. And I mean, I just did it. I was, I was a guest at an event uh, last weekend and, you know, the, the person who was hosting, you know, she just, she was the end of the night, she was done wanted to get out of there. I had nowhere to be. So it was just like, uh, how can I help? And, uh, you know, she's not, she's not paying me. I was, you know, it's not even somebody I know very well, but that was just, it's just who I am as a person. I understand what it's like to have been working all day and you're tired and you just want to go home and, and, you know, her husband was there and her, her, you know, it was just a different situation. So I can go pick up some empty glasses and put them away. Like I can move some tables. It's just a way it's, and I don't expect anything from return in return for that. It's just thinking about people and how can, I make their lives easier. Yeah. Another, I think that's a beautiful thing and it's, it's very true. Another thing too, that popped in my head as you were talking about clients and stuff is, you know, when you get to a point in your business and this is something you're, I think we're all aiming for is having multiple clients, having many clients that we do business with, um, one of the things that's really important to me uh, is making each one of my clients feel like they're my only client. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I could be juggling several sessions, several projects, different things going on throughout the day. And then 
tending to stuff with our studio and, and stuff like that. Um, and inside, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have like this deadline, that deadline, this audition I have to get out, this job I have to get out, you know, and I have a lot of stuff that's like really making me feel like, oh, got my back up against the wall and I'm feeling a little squeezed for time and pressure. But I don't think you ever want your clients to know that you feel that way, especially regarding their project and their time. It's like really being present in the moment with each one of your projects you're working on. And especially if you're corresponding with, you know, a new client or even a regular client, letting them feel like, you know, their project is the center of your universe. Like, yes, your pro- their project is as important to you mm-hmm. as it is to them. And I think that's really, really um, important for, for relationship building. I think you need to keep perspective and you need to remember, because sometimes when you've worked for the same client for years, yeah. you develop develop a familiarity and you become very friendly with your clients. And yes. it's easy to slip into that mode of, oh, this is my buddy. I can, you know, I can say whatever I'm thinking, but you have to remember that there's still a client first, like even if they were your friend first and then they became a client, if, if they are paying you, you have to kind of separate that and remember that when you're on the job, that's what you need to do. And, and the, the keeping grounded and, and remembering, you know, sometimes you might take for granted that usually jobs with this person are, are very easy and they're fun and you get in and out quickly. But, and this just happened to me recently, and it was actually with, with a voice talent that, you know, when you, you book, usually when you book talent or you book session, you book by the hour. It's a one hour session. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, talent is not going to be in the room for an hour. Right. But sometimes you get a difficult client. There would be a lot of weird pronunciations in a script. Or a lot of script changes. There could there there are things that happen yeah. that could extend that session. And you might be there for the full hour. What I don't want to hear is in that hour is my voice talent complaining that they have another session that they booked and that we need to hurry it along. Mm-hmm. That was is a very simple way for me to think. I might not hire you for the next one because, and I do understand, you know, you want to maximize your time throughout the day. And if these sessions normally take 30 minutes, you're, you don't think you're taking a risk by booking another session halfway through, but sometimes it happens. And then to complain on the line with the client there and me as the producer, I mean, like it, it was just a very uncomfortable situation. And I thought, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money to be in that room for an hour. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you get out in about 10 minutes and that's great. Sometimes you've got to be in there for the full hour. Sometimes you have to. And sometimes there will be a client that says, I need to keep you on the line while I go find the person that has to approve this, but mm. I need, you, you can't go. And yeah. I, I understand because in the back of your head, you might have 30 other things that you want to get done and sitting there waiting is not on your priority list, Yeah. but it's remembering who's paying you yeah. and that you're offering a service to them and it's not about you at that point. It isn't about you at that point. And it's, it kind of goes back to uh, really offering excellent customer service and um, also just having social graces. Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place. And when you're a talent uh, or, you know, for that particular situation that you were just describing a voice talent, um, it is really unprofessional and uncomfortable to, in the middle of a 
session in front of an end client, discuss something. Because basically what that talent is saying is, well, I've got another gig TikTok. Mm -hmm. Let's move this along so I can, you know, make some more money. (laughs) Yeah. That other person is more important than you. Yeah. I need you to go ahead and speed it up. Yeah. Let's, let's hurry up and get through your project (laughs) so I can get to the next one. And that's really quite the opposite of making a client feel special and feel like you really care about their project and their project matters. Mm -hmm. So just some food for thought. Yeah. And you want to be mindful about repeat business. For a lot of that, that's that's our bread and butter. That's what we want yeah. is to not to just work with the client one time. No. And showing that you are going to be good at your job and you're reliable and you're friendly and you're kind, all of those things make somebody want to work with you again. Yeah. But I will tell you, the one bad experience is a really good way to make sure that not only does that client never hire you again, but people talk when they're unhappy and you know in your within your industry one red flag against you could really hurt you yeah you know? they say people are they tend to uh to leave reviews and to talk more about things that make them unhappy than to take the time to talk about something that made mm-hmm. them very happy. So I've always tried to be really mindful, like if I have a good experience somewhere, an exceptionally good experience somewhere, mm-hmm. to go and brag, uh, you know, and say, brag on that yeah. place. Like that place was amazing. <laughs> I really, I, and I had a great experience or the food was amazing or the service was amazing. And, um, you know, just, just kind of brag that place up because mm-hmm. especially if it's a small business um because people do tend to to if they have a negative experience that's when they want to talk about it or you know right. with a with a talent or you know going somewhere or whatever mm-hmm. um go ahead oh i i have built my whole business model it's based on that you know, my, my confidence in myself being that person. And I, I just uh, met with a new client this week, you know, and, and I'm going to help with a certain aspect of his company. And it's actually three different companies. So it's a really good thing. But as, as we're finalizing details and he just kind of said, so what, then we get this done, but then what, like I, I have to hire you every month, you know, cause a lot of times what consultants or coaches do is they try to justify their existence. So they're going to help you to a certain level but just leave just enough open so that you always need them. And that's the part that always leaves a bad taste for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, when I started doing this, my goal is to make it so you don't need me. Mm-hmm. What I want from you is then to refer me to somebody else so I can help them in the same way. Absolutely. It's, that is a huge thing to me. And my business is entirely referral based. And how you get referrals is mm-hmm. by being exceptional to work with. Exactly. And all of these things that we're, we're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of things pop into my head when <clears throat> you were talking to you about, um, do you want to hear kind of a weird, random customer service experience that I had recently? You know, I always do. <laughs> yeah. So this doesn't have anything to do with client relationships per se, but um, it was just, my background is hospitality. Even before I was involved in um, becoming a voice actor, I was a cruise director and um, Did you have to wear a funny hat? I did not have to wear a funny hat. That's too bad. I I know. Sorry. Sorry. I I had to know. I know. While I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm visualizing what you look like as a cruise director, and it kind of makes me happy. It was in the 90s, so I probably owned some funny hats, some very, like, blossom um, inspired hats that I was thinking were really cool at the time. And I'm sure I rocked some hats that were pretty awful. 
but it wasn't a part of my official, um, (laughs) you know, my, my official uniform. You can keep telling your story then. No, but just speaking about, you know, poor customer service or a weird encounter. Um, I was at the airport and I was catching a flight on a Friday morning and I stopped by a coffee bean in, in the airport to just order a cup of coffee. And I don't even get a real fancy drink. I'm just kind of like a, hey, I'll have a dark roast, you know? And then I do my little thing and I'm, I'm easy. I don't even do the like foo-foo drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even do the weird like mysterious powder just Stop with judging your green me for tea. my weird green powder. It's just matcha. It's fine. She does all <laughs> kinds of stuff. She's so fancy and healthy. No. Anyway, so I went up to the the counter and it was moderately busy. It wasn't insanely busy, but it was moderately busy. It was like late morning. And I went up to the gentleman behind the counter. He's probably in his mid thirties. And, um, I said, hi, how you doing today? And I'm always like similar to how you share. I love to engage with mm-hmm. people and chit chat and small talk or whatever with, um, you know, places when I'm, when I'm ordering. And I said, uh, yeah, I just want to get like a dark roast coffee. And he's like, we don't have any dark roast. And he was just real snappy in the way he talked to me. And I said, okay, um, no problem. I said, well, when will you have dark roast? Because sometimes they just haven't brewed it. Mm -hmm. They're like behind and in five minutes, they're going to have more or whatever. And he goes, he like scoffed at me and he goes, Wednesday. (laughs) And I remembered thinking in that moment, you know how you can think a lot of thoughts Mm -hmm. in like a second. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this guy is being really rude and snappy and treating me like I'm just like a total just jerk, you know? And so I thought in the moment, I'm like, I have a few different ways that I can handle this situation. I could take it personally. I did feel a little like offended by it, but I decided to just be strip it all away and be Mm -hmm. superhuman and nice about it. And I I saw his name tag. We'll call him Roger because... (laughs) Well, just, you know, to be more, you know, uh, whatever. I said, hey, Roger. And I waited till we had eye contact. And I said, I don't appreciate the way that you're speaking to me. And he went, what? (laughs) And I said, hey, man. I said, I just want some dark roast coffee. I'm just, I'm on my way. I'm I'm going on a trip. I'm just feeling good. And I was like, I just, you're being really very unkind. And I said, there's, I actually feel like you're kind of going out of your way to be unkind. And I said, I don't appreciate it. And I just want to let you know the look on his face, like he literally was a deer in headlights for a second. And all of a sudden he became this real guy again, like a Mm -hmm. nice guy who wasn't just caught up in the grind of, you know, did you like the pun that I threw in the the grind? I missed it. (laughs) Sorry, but Uh, he was caught up in the grind of uh, his coffee making back there or whatever he was doing, his customer service lacking. And uh, and I just was like, hey, man, you know, and then he goes, I am so sorry. And he was so nice. And I said, hey, I go, I'm down. I'm just down for a cup of coffee. What do you have? Blonde roast, medium roast? What kind of roast do you have? And he's just like, no, I've got, hold on, I'll I'll make a fresh whatever. So he made me some regular coffee and uh, we had a nice exchange or whatever. And I was just like, hey man, I hope you have a really great day. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm just a girl 
ordering a cup of coffee, like go easy. You know, I don't know when you get your shipments of dark roast. It's mm-hmm. totally not my thing, right. <laughs> you know? So anyway, my whole point and my whole moral of the story was not only did I get a fresh hot cup of coffee, he and I had a nice little moment in exchange. I think he felt bad that he was talking to me that way. I called him out on it, but I was also very pleasant about it and very human about it. And um, I also got a, an extra cookie, and I didn't ask for one. <laughs> but the I, real point of the story, extra cookie, free cookie. It was, it was an extra cookie kind of moment. Yeah. Um, but I was rewarded with an extra cookie, mm-hmm. but I didn't ask for an extra cookie. Right. But but my point is, you know, sometimes you you might be getting caught up in the heat of the moment of like whatever it is you're doing. And and he he's employed by this coffee shop. I don't believe that he owns that coffee shop or whatever. But I think it's just important to realize that when you're serving others, that you just you want to remember that they're on the other side of it. They're human too. And just take it down a thousand. As my friend Sandra Segrest says, I love that (laughs) advice. Like in in general, I'm just a fan of giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You don't know what they're going through that day. You don't know. It's not, it wasn't you. That guy was not mad at you. It had nothing to do with you. He was probably stressed because it was very busy and maybe a lot of people wanted dark roast that day and he was out and, you know, was, he's the one, he maybe wasn't responsible for it, but he has to answer for it. Yep. So it's, it's just like, you know, like, you Amazon messes up your order. The person who answers your your call isn't the person that shipped it to you and isn't right. the person who delivered. So yelling at that person yeah. isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. And just I think in life in general and in business, just remember we're all people. We're all going through stuff. Yeah. And you choose how you get to interact with people. Keep it kind. So, but I see that in business a lot and with client, with the people who complain about their clients, it's like, you know, they take things very personally and it's easy to do. And we've talked about this, but, you know, it's like you get an email and maybe you read it the wrong way because of what you're going through or maybe they, it was shorter than usual. And it's not because they were mad. It's because they were really pressed for time and needed to get the information to you. Yeah. So how you choose to react to things. And receive things, for you know, sure. Let's give people the best benefit of the doubt. And, yeah. and then the, just think, you know, I, it's easier for me because I am a logical person. Yeah. So I rarely think it's, you know, something, somebody's attacking me or going after me. Right. But it's sometimes it is, you read something and kind of get defensive immediately, Yeah. you know, but it's, it, you know, when it's, when it's business and it's your client, you can't snap back at your client. And it's not, you know, the customer's always right, that kind of thing, but it, Kind of it. It is kind of that you way. Know? Well, and if you want to be in business, choose your battles. Yeah, I'll put it that way. Choose yeah, your battles. Definitely. But there, you can if you present if you know with a positive attitude or you're friendly about it or hey, I, I just wanted to clarify this. You know, it comes back to it's how you say something or how you word something or how you want to frame something. Um, And, you know, it it doesn't always have to be a personal thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, One thing too that you were saying earlier about your goal is to always, you know, um, have those repeat clients. Mm -hmm. The way I've always kind of looked at it with voiceover is, you know, the first time I work with you, you're a customer. And then if you come back to me and we work together again, 
you're becoming a client. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where I think it should be every entrepreneur's goal to turn every customer mm -hmm. into a repeat client. And um, the way that you do that is by being exceptional at what you do, providing exceptional customer service, um, and caring. I think caring just goes a really long way. Oh, yeah. and do a good job. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that helps too. Yeah, you know, don't drop <laughs> but, the ball. <laughs> you know, there's a, a conversation that I saw on Facebook yesterday that, that kind of triggered a lot of this. And it's another point in remembering how your actions can affect you. And a friend of mine, he had posted on Facebook this survey about voicemails. Do people still listen, you know, who, because technology has changed yeah. and the younger generation coming up has decided that voicemails are archaic. Oh. Now, and I, I've heard that, I've <laughs> talked to people, you know, even one of my good friends and she's very successful, but she's working full time with one company right now. So I think it's part of it. But she had, a few months ago, she's like, yeah, I don't listen to voicemails. And that, it was kind of puzzling to me. And I, I kind of understand it because technology has changed. We can text, we can do all these things. Yeah. But, you know, my friend who posted this question was getting agitated because he calls people, leaves voicemails, and then either they don't call back or they call back and didn't even bother to listen to the message. Mm. And there, there were two things that came into play with this. And just a couple weeks ago, I was hiring a very large crew for a job in another state. So there's people that I, I don't know. I'm not a person who's going to send a text message to somebody I don't know. I, it's just, to me, that's not the way I do things. If I know you, fine. I, I'd much rather text. I don't like to talk on the phone. So I'm a big fan. But I, you know, I was basically going down this list of people trying to find a crew for this job. And I think it was about 70% had their voice mailboxes were full. And so what happened is those people missed out on the job because I wasn't going to keep calling and keep calling. There was no way for me to leave a message to tell them I wanted to pay them to do work. Wow. And I mean, it, it, was, it was kind of baffling. I just said, I understand once or twice, but, and some people intentionally leave their voicemail boxes full because they don't want to listen to messages. Yeah. But those people, and it was a good paying job. Oh. It was an easy job. Like it was, it would have been so good. And all of those people missed out because again, I want to give you money, but I'm not going to chase you down for it. Yeah. And I couldn't, there was no other way to reach them because I didn't have email addresses. Wow. Again, I'm not going to text people I don't know. And then, you know, on the, the other point of that, it was when you leave a voicemail for somebody and they don't listen to it and they just call you back. I'm used to that. I know that happens. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're driving and you can't stop and, you know, th there are reasons that it happens. I usually sure. forgive that. But a client of mine brought this up a couple weeks ago and he's, and it made a good point to me. He said, if I take the time to leave a message for somebody that has the details that they need, and then they call me back and say, oh, I saw you called. What do you need? And, and it's like, I just took the time to do it. Yeah. And now I have to repeat myself yeah. because you didn't think you, that, you know, my time was valuable and it's okay for you to just call back now. And now I have to do double the work. Yeah. And, and I never really thought of it as that intense That's before, but it, it, it really got me to think. And because I, I understand that if you yeah. do take the time to let somebody know, and sometimes like I'll, if I'm leaving a voicemail and it's just for that info, I'm going to put everything there. Cause I know that we probably don't have time to talk on the phone. 
That's right, fine. Right. So I'm going to let you know what I need. I will usually, if I don't, if I get somebody's voicemail, I'll usually send them an email with that yeah. information. Yeah. But if you have their email. Again, like we can't make assumptions right. about what our clients want or need. Yeah. Because it, not everybody believes in things the same that we do. Right. And you know, I was just thinking too that there have definitely been times where I've gotten a phone call from someone and missed it by just mm -hmm. moments, and they're in the process of leaving me a voicemail, right. and then I'm calling them back kind of a thing. And then obviously they'll have to repeat what they just said in the voicemail. But I think that might be one example where that would be perfectly acceptable yeah. and, and fine. But I do think, um, and now nowadays too, if, if you're not big on listening to your voicemail, they have certain services and apps where you can have your uh, voicemail, you know, converted into a text so you can read it. Um, and some, some phone providers maybe include that service. Mm -hmm. um, I know I think I pay an extra couple bucks a month or something for that, but I love it because I am one of those people. It's not my favorite to listen to a bunch of voicemails, mm -hmm. but I address them and I do right. make sure that I, I read them or whatever. But, um, but that's, that's a really good point. Well, it's I, I don't answer calls from numbers I don't know. Yeah, I've, we're inundated with spam calls now, yeah. and it's unfortunate. But the number of times I've picked up a call and somebody's telling me, "Oh, that we're calling to talk about your student loan," and I've never taken a student loan out in my life. Like it just it became such a waste of time. So if, if you know, I don't always answer the call. Yeah, so, I've won a lot of free cruises apparently recently. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's great. But you know. But if somebody leaves a message, then I know it's legitimate. I'm going to call, you know, listen to the message and call that person back. Because yeah. I know, you know, you do have to be reasonably accessible when you own a business. Because yeah. how, how else are people going to give you that work? You yeah, know? But definitely. It's a really good point. Just be easy to get a hold of, you know. Right. And, um, and if you are a person who you can't answer your phone a lot, uh, one of the things I chose to do on my voicemail as a voice actor is I say, you know, thank you so much for calling. I spend most of my day in my booth recording, mm -hmm. don't always have access to my phone you know, for faster service, please yep. send me an email. And then I put my email address, you right. know, right there in my voicemail. And I say it twice because I, number one, I want to encourage people to email me instead of leaving me voicemails just because right. that's my personal yep. preference. But second to that, I want people to know like, hey, I do want you to get a hold of me. I do want to talk to mm -hmm. you. This is important to me that you, you're reaching out, but I can't always get to my phone. So if that's the case for you, you're working, you know, on a, a long-term project um, that's taken up a lot of your time, or maybe you're in the midst of transitioning from having a full-time or a part-time job and into, you know, taking on your, you, your entrepreneurial, you know, just taking your business to the next level or whatever. Um, just being able to say something like that in your voicemail, right. like, Hey, I'm not always easy to get a hold of by phone, but email me or send me a text. That's better. Um, that would be something you'd probably feel good about if you were calling someone right. and they said they preferred a text, you mm -hmm. might feel more comfortable to send them a text, and right? And it's, it's happened a lot for, yeah. in that same situation. I'm calling somebody new for a job. Their voicemail has alternate contact info. There's an email or a text, then I don't leave the voicemail because they just told me that this is a better way to reach them. 
you know, and of course now you're giving people enough credit to think they're actually listening to that voicemail message. Yeah. Cause I know we do that for the studio. Yeah. We encourage everybody to send emails because right. we can respond much faster to it's emails. More efficient. It's just way more efficient. And you say it right in the voice message. It's, yeah. it's basically direct, like, thanks for calling, email us, you know, mm-hmm. and still sometimes, you know, we, and we did that also to eliminate the number of meandering messages that come through. Exactly. You know, people my whole life have told me I've got a great voice. So, yeah, you, you know, how can voice? I be a star? Yeah. <laughs> Which Or people call and they become like, hey, uh, super radio <laughs> DJs. Uh, hi, my name is Bob Smith. Yeah. I have a question. Ooh. I've never done this before. Ooh, live, no, live, live interruption question, question from Brent McKay. Is, is extremely relevant to what you're talking about. Okay. What advice, what do you say to uh, any, any female out there who feels uncomfortable about putting themselves out? Because you just said mm-hmm. that people need to be able to find you, you need to be accessible. What I've gotten in return from uh, a lot of females is that they're not comfortable with that, but you two can give your perspective on that, and I'd love that. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it's it's very tricky I because I don't like to be accessible. I... I get very, I'm very cautious about what's out there in the world, but at the same time, we are in this world right now where people want to know who you are. They want to, they want the vulnerability. They want, you know, Mm -hmm. they want to get to know you before they work with you. So that ties more into like social media and things like that. I don't like people to have my cell number. Uh, I don't post that in many places. And just because again, you know, but when you start a business, your name ends up on lists. People are going to call. I don't have separate phones because I I just don't want to keep separate phones. You know, on my website, I list my email address because that's my preferred method of communication. Yeah. Um, I make it harder to find my, my cell number because I, I don't put that out there, you know, and I've had people say like, well, you should probably put your phone number out, but that it's, it's personal to me. I think there's enough ways that people can reach me. And most people these days, I don't think want to talk on the phone. Um, but it, you know, it's, it is something that's always in the back of my mind being female, you know, there, there are some weirdos out there and, you know, but I, I choose not to live my life in fear. Uh, I am very cautious, Yeah. you know, it, going beyond even business. But, you know, like if I'm meeting with a potential new client, maybe somebody that reached in out of, you know, from LinkedIn or something, and I don't know that person. Yeah. I'm going to do some research, number one. Let's try to get a sense of who they are. And I'm just going to be smart about it. I'm going to meet in a public place, you know, in the daytime where people are around. Because I do feel that there are some people out there that might pose as potential clients to try to... Yeah. I mean, you have to be careful, no doubt. And I mean, for me, um, so I'm very different. I'm on a different side, Mm -hmm. um, you know, than where you're coming from. I have, it's all out there. It's like my cell number, my, um, you know, my email, um, you know, everything is, is pretty much up on, on my pages and stuff because I do encourage, you know, my clients Mm -hmm. to call me or text me or email me or, to technology me, well, you know, and Facebook me, uh, Instagram you, me. You know, <laughs> your business is based on your voice. Yeah. So for you, talking to people is, is a benefit. It, yeah, you, you know. I guess I guess so. I never really thought about it that way. But for me, it's like 
I, I welcome it and I'm open to it. Now, I feel very fortunate that since I've had an internet presence, I've never really had a, a problem or an issue mm-hmm. per se, but there's a lot to be said for what you just said is being really cautious and careful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have a, for me, it's, I think I feel a level of, of uh, safety and comfort in it because most everything I do, I'm recording from my home studio mm-hmm. and I don't ever need to meet face to face with a client. And right. if I do, it would be at a production studio it would be uh, somewhere that, you know, they would coordinate and, you know, I would be going to meet them, um, you know, where I definitely feel like it's it's a comfortable uh, public place or whatever. But uh, I think that ladies and men, everybody out there, be be really careful and tr- always trust, trust your, your gut. That's trust your yeah. instincts. If, if something just feels just a little off, just yeah. the tiniest bit off. Um, there's a reason for mm-hmm. that. I, I got a call earlier this week and I answered, I answered the phone. I'm actually waiting for a very specific call and I don't know the number that it's going to come from. Okay. So I am kind of answering everything that comes through because I, the one time I missed this call, the person <laughs> left me this long message, but not a way to get in, in no! touch with them. So it's like an interview that I've been trying to schedule for two years. So I'm very cautious right now. But I answer the phone and the guy says, uh, yeah, is this, is this Amanda? Are you the one that's a producer and like you've worked in film? Like, yeah. And he went on to this long thing about, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this, you know, James Bond type movie in Vegas. You know, I'm looking for some really strong people. You know, I'm hoping that you can help me out. And then it like, he just kept going and it was, you know, I'm looking also for a couple of PAs that, you know, will, will be able to come with me to Hollywood and go to all the, you know, Hollywood parties and do all the things. And, and, you know, and then eventually obviously relocate there because, you know, I've got a ton of projects that are coming in and, you know, instantly, like, I knew, I don't know what the angle was, but he thought that I was going to somehow be impressed. Like, clearly you don't know me and my lack of desire to ever step foot in a Hollywood party. But I was like, I just told him very politely, you know, I'm not interested in working in Hollywood or relocating. You know, if you can send me some information, I'd be happy to put you in touch with, you know, I work with a lot of the crews in Vegas. There might be people who would be interested in this, this opportunity. Let me know how I can help you. And, but it was just very quickly went like, okay, well, thanks. And then you just hung up. And I was like, I, I don't know what the, you know, with yeah. the reason for that call or what he was trying huh. to do. But again, it's, it's using, it was a gut instinct and just knowing like, you know, to, I, I think for some people getting a call and like this promise to work on a big film and go to these fancy parties, like, you know, that's yeah. going to excite some people. I just clearly don't know how little I care about that stuff. Yeah. No. But, <laughs> I mean, it's like, called that's the wrong my person. worst nightmare. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is. It's it's knowing gut feeling. I, I It's another one of my keys, you know. But instincts. you have to trust your instincts yeah. because that's that part of you that is smarter than anything else, yeah. smarter than your brain, than logic. If you feel a certain way, and that is a big part, I think, of this client discussion, you know, to kind of wrap things up, is choosing when to work with a client and when 
it's not the right client for you. Not all business is worth doing. And it, I just got, I have to read it, but my sister-in-law sent me this long email because she was trying to refer me for a job. And then as she got to know this client more, she just said, if they call you, like go, like run. You don't want to work with them. And then it's this whole, I haven't had time to read it all, but it's a list of all the things. And I see this on one of the groups I'm on in Facebook. It comes up a lot. You know, clients are taking advantage and, you know, all these red flags of, you know, they don't know what they want. They expect me to be available at all times. And when you're a freelancer, you work for yourself, you are not obligated to work on their schedule at all. You You should be accessible and you should be available. But then comes back to communicating. These are my office hours. This is when I'm available to work. And, you know, but it's okay if it's not, if your instinct says like this, this is not the right relationship, don't hang on to it just because right. you need the paycheck because you're going to pay in a different way that's not yeah. worth it Yeah, I was all. just going to say you can, you can still establish boundaries and expectations and be professional and be kind. And, um, you know, we work with people all the time who, you know, they're, they're not available on the weekends or they're not available, you know, that just came up today. And we're like, hey, more power to them. You yeah. know, rock on. That's that's how that, that's how they roll. Um, so uh, you know, it's just one of those things where um, if you're working with someone and it's not a good fit and you're not enjoying the relationship, I think a big goal as an entrepreneur is you want to do things you love and you want to work with people you like. Yeah. And uh, if you're not liking the the relationship with someone you're you know conducting business with. Uh, you don't have to work with them and you can be very gracious and bow out and just say, Hey, you know, I don't think I'm a good fit. Um, Thank you for this opportunity, but um, you know, just, I I wish you the best Mm -hmm. and get out of there. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, if you you are already, like you're going to break up with a client, do it as professionally and politely as possible. Because there are people who are tempted then. I I just saw the same question came up in in another group that I'm in this last week. And it's like, you know, I'm done with this client. I'm tired of being mistreated and undervalued. You know, I haven't been paid yet. So I think I'm going to post on all their social media pages about not being paid. And like everybody jumped in and like, whoa, do not do that. (laughs) Cut off the relationship. Stop working until Mm -hmm. your account is paid. But be careful. And again, like with social media, even if your page is private, don't assume that what you post will not get out there because people are sneaky and they could go on. There's, you could have one friend or somebody that knows somebody and you don't know they, they know that person. They could see your post, they could screenshot it and still send it. So once you put anything out there, it can still be seen. And if people then perceive you as the problem, even though maybe you weren't paid or, you know, you did more work than you should have and and the, the client was really at fault in this case, you can't make that assumption. All you can do is be in control of what you do, how you present yourself. And if you end a relationship, this just happened with you recently, where there's a client you had had for a long time and they, you know, you, you get comfortable having a client for so long. And it's disappointing when they say, you know what, we're new marketing, we're going to go a different direction. Yeah, it was a campaign I was on that now they're going in a different direction. And I'd been with this particular client for like five years. And um, they wrote me the nicest email. And it was actually even really nice of them to do that. But I think they knew that they were going to be recasting this particular um, uh, job. And they knew that I'd probably see that they were, you know, casting 
asking for it. And they probably didn't want me to hear about it that way, which I thought was respectful. So so nice after (laughs) working with them for so many years. You would hope. And yeah, but I mean, but there are a lot of, um, you know, voice actors who just one day they just stop hearing from that client and they never know what ended up happening. I think they call that ghosting now. Yeah. There's a whole term for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talent get ghosted. I feel real cool that I just use. I think that's the first time I used it. I used it in a sentence. We, we know some things that aren't from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, look, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so some voice actors get like totally ghosted. And like, anyway, no, did I do a good job with you, that? You did. Thank you. Yeah. Felt really good. Um, so, but what I was going to say was I know, no, you know, don't want to say it didn't hurt a little to, to receive that news. I was like, oh man, that stinks. But I always say as a freelancer or a voice actor, um, you know, your gig is your gig while it's your gig and don't get too married to it because there's going to come a day when they're going to go in a different direction. And it doesn't mean that one day you woke up and you were less talented. Mm -hmm. What it means is that they decided it was time for them to switch it up. You know, it was time for them to take their campaign or their creative project in a different direction. And a lot of times it means they have some, a new person mm-hmm. on the team, uh, a new marketing director or a new person that's in the mix, a creative who decides it's time. So um, anyway, I wrote back and said, I just want to say thank you so much for this you know, five-year run. I've had a blast working with you guys. Cannot thank you enough. And uh, you know, please keep me in mind for other things. And I mean, it was just, it was the nicest exchange. And you know, I wasn't bitter or upset mm-hmm. about it. I could have chosen to to look at it from that that place, but um, that's just not really how I roll. But um, I just basically thanked them and kept that door wide open. So you never want to burn any bridges right. with anyone you're working with. And also in whatever business you're involved in, for us, a lot of it has to do with production and in a lot of the creative, you know, film and, and, and television and radio and, and, you know, voiceover and all that jazz that we're both doing. Um, but it's the, the community is pretty tight knit community. It's like all the casting directors and, and post-production folks and, uh, agencies, et cetera, they all, they all know each other, you Mm -hmm. know? So if you're, you know, some crazy talent going rogue, (laughs) you know, you're going to get a bad reputation Mm -hmm. and people are going to just think, oh man, I don't want to work with that person. That person's trouble or that person's high maintenance. And, um, it just takes that one time, mm-hmm. going back to our earlier conversation yeah. today, just takes one time to, to do the wrong thing or to make a bad judgment call for everybody to mm-hmm. decide to talk about you for the wrong reasons. Well, it's just so. being professional and your response to that client was the best thing you could have done. And Thank what you. it did was that, you know, A, that door is still open with that client should they for decide sure. to come back around. But also you don't know who they know because people do, they talk. And having such a positive experience with you and saying like, even when we were essentially letting her go, she was full of grace. That is now, that you're somebody that they're going to talk to. And the same thing, the agent who's in the middle of this, yeah. he's somebody that who you know we both know, but you know that's another motivator for him to find you other work because yeah. like, wow, she's, it's, Part of why I've always hired you. You're so great to work oh, with. But being professional in good and bad situations, you have to. Yeah. You know, because 
it could be your current client. It could be a future client. You just don't know. How you handle yourself Things can makes come all back. the difference. It does make all the difference. Things can come back around. So um, just keep all those relationships that you have um, positive and strong and nurture them. And even after they're done working with you um, if for, on that particular project, right, just think, think more long-term, you know, and mm-hmm. how, like you said, things will come back around. Yeah. If it's, even if it's a one-time project, send them a little note at the end of it. You know, I really appreciated, you know, the opportunity to work on this project, you know, keep the relationship going and yeah. you, it might, sometimes it might be years until they come back around, but they do come back around. They so, do. you know, I always say, look, I always look, I look forward to the next time. Yes. That's what I always say. Yes. Look forward to the next one. And on that note, we're going to let you go and we'll look forward to the next one. Yeah. Catch you later. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this.